beyond and hello everyone my name is jonathan dornbush and this is a special episode of podcast beyond i'm going to call it episode 645 because this is a huge thing we're going to be talking about of course paper mario the origami king has been announced for july 17th but on playstation 4 (laughs) on july 17th you'll be able to play ghost of tsushima which we just got a really in-depth state of play for uh roughly 18 or so minutes of pretty much just straight gameplay or showing off features of the game uh so we got a lot and there is a ton to dig into and i'm joined this week by max scoville samurai and brian altano samurai <laughs> i think there's no better way to talk about this game than yelling things excitedly because uh we can go bit by, by bit but i just wanted to get sort of a surface level how you guys felt about that because for me that was such a great showcase i cannot wait for this game how did you yeah i will say first before we get into it um i guess legally we have to announce yes. right now that max and i did provide all the voices in this game um of course. so no, we didn't. I do have to mention Andrew Goldfarb, former member of the show and our former coworker, does currently work at Sucker Punch. That is not influencing our decisions to talk about this game, but that is yeah, like you know, addressing. Like I, with, all, with all due respect to Andrew, I, I, he's been working there for a little while. I think they've been working on this game a lot longer than that. And okay. based on everything I've seen Andrew doing, uh, I don't think he I don't think he made this game entirely himself. So, you know, it's, <laughs> I, th- I don't know. I think the game speaks for itself. Um, yeah, bit, he but. did. He did make the entire Borderlands series by himself in that brief year. He was uh, working for Borderlands. So. <laughs> they just, just held on to Borderlands three for. A no, no, uh, no. Uh, so I this is this is exactly what I think I needed today. This is such this is such a stunning reveal. This is uh, first like I'm, I'm kind of giddy right now because, first of all, um, it's been a while since we've gotten a sort of state of play from PlayStation, period. Uh, two, um, I, this is, th- th- it's been a while since I've really gotten to get excited for like another open world game again. I love open world games. And I feel like this year's had like a couple of great games here and there, but nothing that's like really, really grabbed me on that level. Um, just something to get truly lost in. Uh, and three, it's just absolutely stunning. And I, I'm, 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 I'm more appreciative of its minimalism than I am for its sort of like uh, exertion of of features everywhere uh it seems like there's a lot going on in this game but it's 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 somehow still restrained if that makes any sense yeah that's actually i think that's a good way of putting it um it also i don't know anything about this story really like i know a tiny bit but i love that everything they've shown us has kind of kept the characters pretty tightly under wrap like it hasn't been focused on like this is a character driven story they're like no this is the, the 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 title is the the sort of the key word is is Tsushima. Like, there's also the ghost, but that's kind of a nebulous concept. Whereas, like, this is a game about Tsushima. This is about exploring a, a world, a location. Um, and they're doing one of my favorite things with this, which they basically just scrapped a mini map, and they're like, "You got to follow the wind, dude." There, like, there are <laughs> locations to find, but the fact that they're emphasizing exploration and curiosity of the player rather than being like, "Yeah, here's your map. It's covered in icons. Go, go, go like, follow the dotted line on your OnStar in the corner," you know. Yeah, so yeah. let's jump right into that. Uh, yeah, I'll, in a second, um, we can sort of go into all the guiding wind, the foxes, the whole like uh, exploration of the world. And um, yeah, Brian, how did that initial uh, look at the game's world strike you? Because like Max said, I, re- I really appreciated the restraint of it. Uh, like yeah, I mean, I, I totally adore it. I, uh, I I tend to play a lot of open world games with sort of a, a reduced HUD. Um, uh, like there's 
there's always that thing like to be completely frank there's that like first few hours where i play game, most games like that and then eventually you're kind of like let's get down to business and just pull up the mini map and like go where i need to go uh and get the cutesy stuff out of the way but i i do think that i'm going to play this game uh in the way it's at least being presented so far um and i appreciate that because this, this is like max said this is a world that um i don't know a lot about uh it it feels sort of like They've taken. I, I've seen sort of like some reduction, uh, reductive takes on on Twitter that it's not really doing anything new. Um, but on the flip side, I don't necessarily need it to because I feel like there are so many expertly crafted systems in video games currently, and so cherry picking the best of those things and putting them together into something that feels kind of warm but also unfamiliar is. It's kind of exactly what I'm looking for here. And the world presented me that. Like, I was definitely getting moments of Assassin's Creed and moments of Breath of the Wild, but it's also totally doing its own thing. Um, and so I, I think that, like, exploration is going to be really fascinating in this game. Um, and I think it's going to really sort of, like, nudge you to head off the beaten path. And, you know, I don't want to make this, like, a comparison between other games, but, um, like, something like uh, The Last of Us is obviously much more sort of narrative-driven, uh, you know, I played. We all played the original game. Um, that, that had a series, sort of series of like open-ish areas that kind of funneled you through. It's it's telling a different kind of story. But I, I really, really love the sort of emergent storylines that happen in open-world games like this, and the the sort of chaos of bringing all these systems together, uh, and and having moments that that you can that we can share on shows like this and on on forums and stuff like that that uh, are are sort of exclusive to us alone. And I love I love stuff like that. Yeah, I really love just the opening of the state of play where they just kind of let uh, Jin start to ro roam through the environment on his horse and you see him pass by a bear attack, I believe it was. Like there's um, people contending with animals in the environment. He comes upon a place that is under Mongol uh, control and you can, you know, take the option to free people there or move on. And he went on to this house and after he stopped by a man at a fire and then came across foxes. And there's just such a nice, like natural organic way of finding all these things that weren't like, go to this checkpoint, 20 meters later, go to this checkpoint. It was like, there's one guiding force. And if you want to go to that point, you can, but there's still a lot in between. Right. Um, yeah. I really Max yeah. Um, I really love how, like, I, I've said this a few times, but I'm not, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a tough sell on samurai stuff. Like there's a, there's a few sort of select corners of that, you know, genre that I'm, that I'm interested in. One of which being like, uh, you know, Akira Kurosawa movies, kind of the classics. We'll get to that in a minute. But even as a, like a piece of history, like I'm not, it, it just doesn't really grab me like feudal Japanese stuff. Um, it, it's hard to hook me. And this one, this does something that I really appreciate, which in addition to being sort of minimal in terms of, of HUD and like, what you're looking at it also doesn't over stylize anything um like i don't know i can't speak to the historical accuracy of every little you know stitch of clothing and fabric but it seems to put just as much detail on like grass and trees as it does on armor which i feel like so often video games are like let's make the swords really cool we can just like phone it in with the grass like make right. the swords look badass make monsters in there and like the you know they could have been like let's put dragons in here and it doesn't seem like they're going to be dragons or kappas or, you know, like weird, you know, mythical beasts anywhere. This is this is about like kind of people and nature. And, and it seems very, you know, very grounded. Um, I, yeah, I think that there was um, like, uh, I'll, you know, we're obviously going to reference stuff like Breath of the Wild a lot in this because I think that that's, um, you know, a, that is a, a Japanese open world game created by Japanese people. But it also is it does something that I think Japan does really well, which is 
sort of that kind of bento box approach where there are pockets of things where things are dense and there's also pockets of things where things are sparse and minimalist. Um, and I think some people don't really want that in an open world game. They just want like that's why GTA five is one of the most best selling video games of all time is because it's just pretty much jam packed with stuff. And there's there's some areas where things are a little bit more laid laid out. But um, I actually like really, really dig uh, the, my moments in Red Dead, for example, um, where you're just sort of riding across a field for 10, 15 minutes without anything spectacular happening. And maybe there's a couple things happening here and there. Um, and I think like Japan as a country is something that handles that really well. Uh, and I think that that's, that's something this game is doing pretty well too, in terms of they, they showed a lot of restraint in celebrating the minimalism in this game. Like a lot of the stuff in this trailer was big open fields of, of wheat and, you know, a tower off in the distance. You're up on a mountaintop. It was, we saw some camps and some cities and stuff like that. Uh, but I think a lot of this is going to be about that, that journey and the sort of quiet in between the chaos. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. I think, I just, I think that's something I really love. And, and I think also, it people, doesn't, you know, yeah, they want, some people want something a little more dense, but it doesn't spoil um, anything also. Like yeah. we know that there's going to be yeah. bandit camps and Mongol things to liberate. And we've done, we've done outposts like stuff like that before, but to be sort of like, to really, I mean, this, this really like excited me where they were looking around the horizon and there's like pillars of smoke popping up. And it's like, if you see a weird tree, maybe there's something over there. And that's like, I want to find out what's over there. I don't want that to be spoiled for me. You know, I don't want that to be revealed in this stream. Cause I just want to own it. Like they're, they did a good job of showing off the mechanics and being like, here's what you will be doing, but also kind of piquing my interest in being like, we're not going to show you exactly everything you're going to be doing, you know? Yeah, right. the beginning of this has Jin standing at a, a bit of a higher elevation. He sees those smokes, plumes, and everything. And it, I had that immediate impulse of like, okay, I need to go there and there and there whenever I get to that point. And then as it went on and showed you all these little things, and again, like we've been saying, the parts of it on their own aren't necessarily revelatory looking. Like, they are very emblematic of other... Did he freeze? He did. Oh, no. Do you want to finish the sentence? We could do that. Um, yeah, no, very I was gonna, of other. No, I was going to say this. Like video games are an iterative medium, and like uh, it's this definitely has you back. There he is. You can hear weird. You guys didn't freeze, but I did. That's true. Oh. I heard you guys perfectly. Oh well, we're um, just we're saying how yeah, this is no, mechanically similar to things we've seen before, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I I think it really ties into they're giving you something that's familiar yet really new and intriguing and makes you curious like you guys have been saying and and i think the way that you see things like getting new minor charms like of course you level up skill points and you get these things that help your techniques but the way they're integrated into the world and the way they feel like points of interest but they're not like here's a giant you know big blinking red light to get you to come to a place here's like a naturalistic way to get there i i love sort of the flow of the world they're introducing yeah um, I, I actually do wonder if they're going to add sort of simple accessibility options to that too for people who don't want to play anything like that um because i have a feeling uh, that's that's probably something they're, they're considering um but then again that's that's part of the system in the same way you know something like sekiro didn't really go oh you know we're gonna make an easy mode with where the bosses have less health because this is the way we want our game to be played um you know i ultimately respect the choice of the developers in a situation like that and if that's where they want to go that's where they want to go that said uh, in terms of Sekiro I was definitely picking up some vibes of that too but I think the comp the the combat in general looks uh sort of much more accessible for the average person it looks a little bit more forgiving um and so I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with that because that's going to feel I feel like that's going to be something that's go going to like 
really get crazy too. Like if you look at something like God of War, you could hypothetically like button mash through that game, but you could also go into those like high level Bloodborne esque Valkyrie fights and fight some like impossibly difficult boss and you know try to defeat her with like limited weapons and and stuff like that. And I I love that stuff. I love when games can scale to difficulty like that. Yeah, so let's jump into the combat because that's right where I want to go next. We see uh, Jin tackling a shipyard, essentially an enemy shipyard, and we see it two different ways. One is more uh, swords blazing, and then the other is as the ghost of Tsushima uh, in a much more stealthy version. Um, So yeah, let's talk about the action, more action-oriented one, because I was really interested to see... the beginning of that fight, it was, you know, they said you can initiate a standoff with an enemy in the environment. And then each hit almost seemed to be like a one hit kill if you got it kind of perfectly. Right. I wonder if that's sort of like the answer to what do you call it, like Deadeye and, and Red Dead or what's it? It's, you know what I'm talking about? The, the yeah. sort of thing, whatever it's called. But um, yeah, I was unclear exactly how this how this works, because like sort of showing off like let's show off the combat and it being just a bunch of one hit kills. Like there's got to be obviously something much more to it than that yeah it it felt like an example of um maybe this standoff thing with lower level enemies but i have to imagine there will be some pretty like spongy higher uh hp bosses that you'll probably have to take on who don't just die in one hit um yeah once again like a lot like sekiro you could basically sneak up behind most of the like sort of grunt enemies in that game you're most you're dated moment to moment average enemy and kill them with one hit like that was a or you could you know come around fight them head on and and do something a little bit more flowery you know and you wanted to do something a little bit more uh just a a little bit more aggressive and just show off your skills i you could do that i mean the stuff that we did see is 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 brutal and i think that video games have sort of conditioned us to be like you can shoot a guy in uh in the head 15 times and like numbers will fly out and he'll kill you. But like in real life, if you come up to somebody and you slash them across their body with a giant sword, that's mostly it. You know, like <laughs> it's kind of the end of it. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's obviously going to get spongy. There's going to be some big grunts, some big bosses. Um, I'm wondering how far that goes. Cause where, where I did appreciate Sekiro was it, it did veer into bizarre fantasy at times you would fight, huge monkeys and ogres and stuff. And I don't think this game will get that, that far. Uh, but I do think you will fight some sort of like bigger enemies with tougher armor and like maybe like different weapons and apparatuses that make, that make the the fighting a little bit more intense, like mini bosses and, and regular bosses and stuff like that. So, um, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm completely cool with like killing people with one hit. Yeah, no, no disrespect to whatever story plans they have, but I would totally not be surprised if there is a moment in this game that is like a hallucinatory experience level, almost like a Far Cry thing, and you, you fight maybe a little bit more mythological creatures. Oh for God, a little I hope bit. that's not the case. I don't want that. I, I wouldn't be shocked, but um, it, it feels like it could fit into this. But I, it does feel like we're going to be a little more ground level, uh, and even toward the stealth side of it, it felt like it felt like a really, really good Assassin's Creed game is yeah. what that sequence felt like to me. Yeah, um, no, I feel like um most people who make uh sort of like feudal Japanese or Japanese video games or e- even like any sort of like Asian influenced video games have to consistently show this specific level of restraint which is how do I not cross this line and make the player fight 
fantasy dragons <laughs> like it happens <laughs> all the time and yeah. um i wouldn't fault them if they fell into that that rut uh it happens a lot i remember playing like what was it true crime streets of hong kong do you remember that game oh, the, there's yeah. no like a, there's like a dragon underneath the city or something yeah and so you're like 70 percent of the game and all of a sudden you have to like you have to do like uh, you have to fight a, a dragon with like your fists and it's like it's it's the it's the it's that like point where most people playing the game did like that Seinfeld gift thing where they got up and walked away. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping there's not a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't game. I don't think we'll get that far. Um mm-hmm. but I mean I think that's that's the sort of the old you know giant enemy crab trope of like if you're like we tried to make this as historically accurate as possible. Anyway, you're gonna be fighting a Tengu and he's got gunpowder <laughs> missiles or you know like, I just think got it. Uh, the, I think the, I, the giant enemy crafting is so perfect for this. Yeah. yeah. No, I think for um for seeing sort of boss type stuff, we kind of saw this with the the hint of you know blowing up a black powder cache, but fighting off um you know Mongol invaders who have like early gunpowder. Like you're gonna probably gonna see dudes with cannons and stuff, and it's yep. gonna be you know um I'm 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 just I'm really excited about this. Like it definitely like it. I, I will say this: it does not look um it does not look mechanically revolutionary. Like it looks like yeah. it is, it is refining a lot of things, which I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Like taking things that are, that are proven to work and then fine tuning them. So they do something interesting. Like that's how you make, that's how you make a good video game. Um, yeah, it's how you of, make, it's, it's how you make a good anything really, you know? Yeah, true, true. Um, no, obviously the thing that I got most excited about, which is really kind of, kind of counterintuitive was when they were like, Hey, we have samurai cinema mode where you, you can make it entirely, uh, monochrome, grayscale, black and white, uh, kind of grainy photo effect to make it look like an old a Kurosawa movie, which is like, like literally the first thing I demanded when I saw this, where I was like, "This looks great. It is beautiful and gorgeous, and I love how much color there is." Can I remove all of the color? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Alex Navarro from Giant Bomb actually put up a, a tweet where he was like, "Here's me interviewing the game director of Ghost like two or three years ago, and uh, on the show, me being like, hey, 'Hey, you're you know inspired by a bunch of Kurosawa stuff.'" Uh, you ever thought about doing a black and white mode? And he was like, huh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and, and there it is. Regardless of how it got in there, I'm so happy it's there too. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that would totally play a game like that. When they added uh, they added sort of like ac- accessibility options to the Nintendo Switch on a core system level, and you could play Breath of the Wild in black and white. And I remember doing that for like an entire afternoon. You could play pretty much your entire Switch in black and white. And I, I remember being like, this is so cool that you can even do this. Uh, there was also that cut that... What, what was that cut of Mad Max Fury Road that they really oh, black and chrome? Mm-hmm. Yeah, black and chrome or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that adds so much. Uh, on top of that, you can play the entire game with uh, Japanese VO, which is super cool um, with subtitles and everything, which I, I probably will get into. Um, I've been weirdly watching a lot more stuff with su- subtitles in general uh, since becoming a father, because there's a lot of times where you're watching a movie and uh, your kid will start throwing shit at you or yelling and you know, it's, it's good to see what's on screen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I love all that stuff. I know I, I know a lot of people that played Breath of the Wild with uh, Japanese VO and subtitles. One because they weren't the biggest fans of the uh, of the Amer- North American VO in that game, um, but two because it's just it sort of just feels like it fits the mood. And if you don't know Japanese, it sort of uh, adds to the kind of escapism of it all. Yeah, it definitely, I love what they're doing to, I I think, straddle the line between, they've been very clear that this is not like an historical recounting of something that happened and a true-to-life retelling of events, but it is trying to be true and honest uh, and honor uh, the history of the 
part of the world that it is focused on. So I do like that those options they made very clear, like before you even start playing, you can change these options, um, which I think is very key. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do also want to mention, I did love uh, that they brought up photo mode uh, immediately. Of course you did. It was great. Well, it's so cool to be able to change like the particle effects uh, to take a video and to use the score and the soundtrack. Um, and then the last bit that they did mention was Jin's customization, that the armor um, is mechanically important. It is not just a visual cosmetic change. Um, That's, I'm, I, so bitter. I'm so torn on that because sometimes I'm like, I want to make my guy look exactly how I want him to look. But other times I'm like, but I want to be motivated to get new stuff, you know, like, and if it's actually, if, if it's stats based or mechanics based, like I'm going to be like trying to find the, the outfit that makes me do the most cool stuff. And then I wind up looking like an idiot. And I think, and I kind of, I'm okay with that. You know, like sometimes it doesn't, the, the best gear doesn't like look the best on you. You know, there, there are games that have rectified that by uh, allowing you to kind of drag the stats of, of a specific gear set you have unlocked to the aesthetic you like. Um, Spider-Man dig- had that with the skills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that would be a good solution for this. Um, yeah, I'm torn on that too. I, 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 it's weird because it's like I love customization in general in video games because uh, more options are always better. But I also like the sort of deliberateness of of going. This is our character. You know, this is our world. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I I guess it depends. I, I think I'll do what I always do, which is I'll wait until I find the coolest costume and i'll wear it until the game is over even if it doesn't make me as strong because i'm stubborn you know that's just i i feel like that's that's always been my approach and i don't think that's going to change at least you can uh collect different flowers to change the color of it yeah 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 I'm so into there, that. there's something but uh mm-hmm. yeah there's uh, a lot i think that we're really excited to have finally seen from the state of play but like you were saying max it didn't really spoil it it doesn't make me feel like oh well i know the game now there's no point to playing like it did perfectly straddle the line of showing you a lot but making you excited for what it's showing by the promise of what could be after it yeah um so i'm i'm really excited that we are only 2 months away uh, at this point from this game so we'll probably be talking about this quite a bit more um i also can't believe this is sucker punch like going from sly cooper to infamous to this seeing the evolution of the studios is, is just incredible no i mean the the just the the glow ups from some of these uh sort of like it directly conjoined to sony first party studios is just phenomenal and inspiring it's just the coolest stuff to see them go from these like very rudimentary action platformers with mascot animals to to this. Um, I hope yeah. they have I hope they have tanukis that steal stuff as like a nod to Sly Cooper. That would be a very. That would be I have a feeling. I have a feeling they'll do. So, they'll they'll probably be a fox that looks like Sly Cooper in the game. Yeah, who ha- who has just like a little mask. Yeah, oh, you can have a tanuki. They live they live in Japan, they're, but they're True. not actually raccoons. They're dogs. Really? Anyway. Dog. <laughs> well. I think with that Tanuki fact, that about wraps it up for uh, this episode of Beyond. Thank you, uh, both of you, for joining me to talk about this game. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking about it a lot more in the weeks to come. So if you have any thoughts about the state of play, uh, please write in to beyond at IGN.com or respond in the comments, and we'll definitely read some in the weeks to come uh, mm-hmm. about how you're all feeling. We just watched it. We just came fresh from it, so didn't have time to get those comments yet. But uh, thank you for watching this episode. Normally, Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services. You can otherwise find us on IGN.com and youtube.com slash IGN. We're also, of course, on Twitter. I'm at JM Dornbush. Brian is at Agent Bizzle, and Max is at Max Scoville. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening and are watching this episode. And as always, beyond. Beyond.
Samurai! Samurai! <laughs> <laughs>